That was the scariest thing. I thought I was losing my daughter right in front of me. Welcome to Socks with Stories, a show about inspiring stories of resilience from patients, survivors, and family members. I'm your host and fellow survivor, Jake Teitelbaum. As a cancer patient, I couldn't stand the poorly made hospital socks. So I started a company, Resilience Gives, to make fun, better quality, non-slip socks co-designed by children battling cancer. Over the last four years, this cancer community has repeatedly shown me what resilience is all about. And this podcast is about sharing their stories. In today's episode, we'll hear Josie and her mom, Jessica, share their journey through Ewing sarcoma and how the experience reinvigorated their faith. We were on a family vacation. We went to Disney and um, we were down there and a couple days in, she, well, the one morning you woke up and you were kind of feverish, didn't feel good. And then, so we gave her ibuprofen and we're like, yeah, we'll keep an eye on her. Um, the next few days she was okay. Then we spent one day at the water park, um, in the pool and, um, later that day or the next day she started saying like her leg hurt. So then we kind of kept an eye on it. We're like, okay, well, it's middle of December. She's been running a lot and playing a lot. Maybe she's just a little sore from being in and out of the pool, up and down the stairs. Um, the day after that, then, um, she started limping and was saying how bad it hurt. Mm. Well, by the third day, she couldn't bear weight on it. And she was just in excruciating pain. Her color looked real pale. Um, you could just tell that something was wrong. So uh, we decided to take her to the urgent care and they sent us to the ER in Orlando. And then, um, so we were down there. They, we went to the hospital and um, they did a bunch of tests. They gave her ibuprofen and she started walking better, wasn't in as much pain, but they wanted to do an MRI. So they did the first one and they saw some inflammation. They thought maybe she had osteomyelitis, which is a bone infection. So we were just like, well, where would that come from? And how would that happen? So they started antibiotics. And then um, they said that the inflammation was getting, like they could see it, but it was like at the top of the MRI imaging. So they wanted to do another one to go up higher. So then the next day we did another one to go up higher. I just remember like four doctors pulled us aside into a separate room and a couple nurses stayed with the kids in their room and um, just pretty much told us we found a spot on her pelvic bone and um, you know we think it's cancer there was an oncologist in the room they said we are gonna send you to um, Lurie's in Chicago we know you're up from around there and the oncologist there actually knew one of the oncologists at Lurie's she's like I'm gonna get in touch with her we're gonna get all your imaging together the paperwork we're gonna have you meet her up there tomorrow so within two hours, we were on a flight back home. My husband had to drive the car back home because we drove down. So he drove overnight, we flew home. And then um, the next day, my sister took us to Lurie's. I met with the oncologist and I told her, I'm like, here's this, I'm like, please save my daughter. And it was just very emotional because you don't know what to expect. And then it was just appointment after appointment and you know, hurry up to, you know, get all this done and PET scans and get a port in. And then she had ovary preservation. We saved one of our ovaries. And so, um, within, I want to say a week of us being home, they did a biopsy. Um, it was on her pelvic bone. So they did like a, um, just with a needle biopsy Mm -hmm. and then like the PET scan and everything else. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, 
we would just keep praying about like, okay, well, if it's this, then, you know, as long as it doesn't spread, okay, well, you know, it didn't spread. So it didn't metastasize, we're good, you know, makes things a lot easier. So that's when we found out. I think um, it was a couple days right before Christmas. Um, and then we were just like, let's enjoy our Christmas. Let's not worry about it. So we had a huge Christmas yeah. thing here with all aunts and cousins uncles and uncles and, and grandmas. Grandmas and, and paws. And and yes, everybody. Puppies and cats. And <laughs> so we had a huge Christmas thing here. And um, then we were like, okay, well, her first round of chemo starts January 4th. And then she got so sick from her chemo, so sick. I had to carry her around. She was just, she was on like four different nausea meds. Um, it hit her hard the first round. And they told us what she was going to have every two weeks she would be in. Um, her first round of chemo was two days. And then the second one was five days. And it would alternate every um, two weeks. And then, um, you know, like there's so much information thrown at you in the beginning that... You try to take it all in, but at the same time, you're just like overwhelmed and your mind starts wandering and you just don't know what to expect and you're Googling and researching and, you know, trying to just figure it all out. There's just so much to, that you're getting hit with all at once. So she never had a haircut. And I said, I am not going to let chemo be the cause of her losing her hair. So one day when um, she got out of... The shower, I just brushed her long hair and I just took scissors and I'm like, I'm like, hey, give me a haircut. And she's like, what? <laughs> so then I was like, you know, we'll play salon. So I just let her start cutting my hair and she started cutting my hair and one side was up here, one side was long and I was just pulled back as much as I could. <laughs> And then one day we just had um, a friend of ours come to the house and just bob our hair yeah. and just even it out and mm. cut it. And so we just left her hair about like a little bob. I have pictures of her cutting <laughs> my hair. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, and mom still <laughs> has. just it away. And mom still has like my first bag of hair. And oh, I'm I like, kept her first haircut, a little lock of her like, hair. And I'm like, ew, what is this? <laughs> I'm just like. Okay. <laughs> I know, mom's kind of crazy. And I felt, and it was like a big chunk, so I was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Within, I want to say, three weeks, she had all those testing done, labs, biopsy, PET scan, port placement, ovary preservation, and started her first chemo. It was like a laparoscopic procedure. Um, they go in and take out an ovary, and right now it's in frozen in storage. Yeah. So when she gets older, they can put, they say, they kind of slice it up and put pieces in her for hormones and stuff mm. like that down yeah. the road. Um, more around the puberty age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we went ahead and um, did that just because we didn't know what could happen with the rest of her body right. during the chemo and radiation and everything. Just knowing how she was with her little baby dolls and everything like that, I was like, you know, she's she's. I could tell she's going to be, she wants to be a mom someday. I'm like, I don't want to, you know, keep that from her. So yeah. if, if this is what we got to do to that might, you know, better her chances down the road, then absolutely we'll do anything for her. We had a lot of hiccups along the way. Um, they always said, oh, Josie, in Josie fashion, we're going to be, you know, do things the hard way or, the, you know, the odd way or <laughs> whatever. Um, she got, um, she had a lot of GI problems during that. Um... She had some uh, like uh, norovirus one time, C. diff. Um, so we were in and out of isolation a lot. Um, 
And then her weight just started falling off. She's uh-huh. just losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. Um, her labs were coming back. She, you know, she her potassium was low, her magnesium, you know, this and that. So yeah. um, they started TPN, where she had like a bag of liquid nutrition every night. We would hook up to an IV and um, run that through the night while she slept. So then I slept next to her every night. And, and <laughs> we set that up and... Watch a movie. Watch a movie and fall asleep with that going every night. And that helped her put on a little bit of weight and just maintain yeah. through the rest of her treatment. Um, but I had to go But yeah, we did that for like six months, I want to say, every night. So wow. then it was like... You know, the deliveries to the house and putting it in the fridge, making wow. taking it out, and then her flushes and trying to um, make sure that we didn't bother, you know, or get her port infected. We've seen kids with infected ports, and I've, I'm a nurse, so it was, like, kind of nice to have the background to kind of know some stuff, but at the same time, then it was kind of scary because yeah. then you know a lot of what can happen, so then you're kind of over protective and cautious with infection and I started like cleaning constantly and just making sure everything was real clean and didn't when she was neutropenic didn't want her getting sick and coming up you'll hear Jessica share what she describes as the scariest moment along the journey but before we do I want you to take a moment go to our website socks.com and look at Josie's snowman socks Josie submitted that snowman sock design last year after we met her during our donation at Lurie Children's. Now, whenever someone buys a pair of her socks, we match it by donating a pair to a child who's still in the hospital and who can then submit their own design ideas. It's a little cycle, and it's made possible by people like you who buy her socks. So thanks for your support. It was a few couple months in, I think it was in March, and um, we went to the playroom, we came back, and we were watching Moana, mm-hmm. and she was playing, messing around, laying in bed with her pajamas, and then she just looked up at me, and I was off the side of her bed, and like a blank stare, and she started throwing up, and became unresponsive. And I'm like, Josie, Josie. So I'm thinking something neuro is happening. I go on the other side of her, I'm like, Josie, look at me over here, and she's just like a blank stare gaze and the nurse comes in and I hit the call button and I the nurse comes in I'm like something's wrong with her she's not responding to me so they actually called a code and within two minutes there's 30 doctors nurses like different specialists and everything in the room and they pull me off to the side they have um one of their chaplains there talking to me and I'm freaking out my husband left and I call him and they're like um we don't know what's going on um she might have had a brain bleed Uh, we need to get her down for imaging right away to check her brain and they're just pumping her full of Ativan um because they were like okay it could be a seizure all this stuff so I'm thinking the absolute worst that was the scariest thing I thought I was losing my daughter right in front of me then we went to the ICU she slowly came out of it and they said it was a seizure from one of the chemo meds I phosphamide and we didn't I didn't know that it could do that and you know it's in the fine print when they give you all the big packet of information and you know you don't remember every single thing so then she had to get pre-medicated with um, seizure um, seizure medications before she got the med um, for the rest of her treatment but um yeah we were really scared (laughs) you know and it wasn't even from the cancer it was from the treatment Um, so that will always 
just stick in my mind and, and think about that and but um by the next night she was back on her regular floor again yeah. so they watched her they did um some imaging and everything came back okay so that's what they um pointed it to and um uh, but that that was that was hard i was up for almost like two days straight yeah. <laughs> i i couldn't take my eyes off of her and you know i just beg god to like have mercy on her and just make her okay and just get her through it and you know we got through it and um my husband he just got home that night and when i called him so he turned around dropped jack off at his um, parents house and came back up to the hospital and spent the next uh, day or two with us so coming up you'll hear josie and jessica share some of the unexpected bumps that happened when they began radiation therapy well, halfway through, we had radiation treatment. Okay. So then we had to drive up to Northwestern um, five days a week in the morning. We had to be there by 7 a.m. So my husband's dad actually drove us every morning. He would come pick us up, and we'd leave the house at 5.30, run, go up there for a 20-minute treatment. But um, she had to be put under anesthesia each yeah. time, and that was hard. Yeah. Um, she would scream out, cry. She hated it. When she woke up out of it, she was really groggy. Yeah. So it was like day after day of that and you know and you try to figure out well maybe if i have a snack ready for her she'll be a little better she'll just sleep on the way back home and you know I'm, that was a fast trip up there you know well it's an hour and a half there but it was for 20 minutes to turn around and come home yeah. so um yeah. that was halfway through but then um the radiation she got um burned her skin and it looked like a big wound on her and so yeah, we had, now I have like creams and, red dots on my hip. and a lot of scar tissue and, when, and a lot of red dots yeah. on it yeah. they look like blood spots but like i don't know what it means for yeah i just so don't know what it is that was halfway through the treatment and then um that put her chemo on hold because the radiation lowered her count so she was neutropenic a lot um a lot of transfusions and then um, we picked up again for a couple months and she ended and we came home after her last treatment ended September 24th because that was our wedding anniversary. So we got to come home on my wedding anniversary and that was the end of her treatment. And a couple weeks later, um, she had her end of treatment scans and rang the bell and everything wrapped up in October and we had a huge, huge Halloween end of treatment party. We had a DJ, we had, we had a, a jump house. We had a unicorn. She rode a. Somebody um, came with their horses, and we had a unicorn. Um, it was a real unicorn, I think. <laughs> and then we had like I think there was more people here at my house than I had at my wedding. It was a huge celebration. Lots of food, jump house. I told her she could have whatever she wanted. We had a, a huge popcorn machine we rented. Um, what else did we rent? Uh, oh, we had a chocolate fountain set up with dessert trays. I mean, we had anything. Chicken, chicken. Yeah, we had fried. <laughs> we had lots of fried food. Chicken from Papa's. <laughs> so yeah, we had the whole setup. So when she is five years out of treatment, um, she goes to the survivorship program where it's yearly, like mm -hmm. well visits. Yeah. Um, they don't. I believe they don't really do imaging and stuff like that unless there seems to be a problem. Right. Um, so right now she's going to be starting her fourth year scan. So they move to every four months instead of every three months. Gotcha. Um, and then the last year, the fifth year is every six months her scans are. And when we go for scans, it's, um, like the MRI, um, of her hip, the yeah. CT of her lungs, um, lab work. Yeah. 
and then um, sees her oncologist and they kind of just check her out. Like your feet are tucked together and you just can't move because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of room. Yeah. So I'm just like sitting there and one time um, I felt like my needle was like, you know the mm-hmm. IV thingy that goes yeah. in your hand? I felt that was leaking because there was water oh, for the on the floor. contrast for the MRI. Mm-hmm. And I felt so scared, so I t- tell my mom, and like I pressed the emergency button, and nobody could get me. And, like, so they I finally came hear, like the people talking, and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, so that was a little scary. But now yes. that she's older, she doesn't go under anesthesia for everything like she used to. Mm-hmm. So that makes it easier. The so, day's a little bit shorter. Yeah. Um, but we still have a hard time with the IVs, which it's hard because, because sometimes they have to hurts because stick her two or three times to get it. Mm-hmm. So, and um, one time I couldn't do it with my dad because of the COVID, mm. and um, <laughs> so my dad mom can... only had to come with me, and I got so scared because I usually have my dad with me yeah. to do my needles because I'm so scared, and he mm. holds my hands, and like my mom holds my other hand, and then I get so scared because mom was only holding my hand, mm. and I was like. Dad's not Where's here. Dad? Yeah. Where's Dad? I just need Dad. And I was starting to cry. Mm. Yeah, but we got through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're in treatment, you feel like something's being done. Yeah. Then at the end of treatment, it's like everything stops and you're just mm. like, it's not being, you know, like worked on. Nothing's happening. So then the fear starts again. Like, mm. well, we knew before, like she was getting these chemo drugs to help. You know, I mean, they made her really sick, but for her, it was supposed to heal her and yeah. make her better. And then when it all stops, then it's just like, oh, it ends. And then it's like a constant, I'm emailing her oncologist, um, Josie has a bruise, should I be worried about it? Yeah. Uh, Josie coughed, um, Josie this, and then yeah. they're like, okay, well, this is expected, but it will get better as time goes on. So then her scans were every three months afterwards, and after that, it was like um, every three months, I got less and less with the emailing Mm -hmm. the oncologist for every little cough, fever, sore throat, whatever. So, I mean, it felt like it did get a little easier. The fear and the worries always in the back of my mind, but... I did got scared because, like, when it was over, I thought I was going to get it again. So I was like, I hope I don't get it again. Yeah, Yeah, she was worried that she was going to have to go through all that again. Yeah. Which... Me too. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's there. That that worry is there. So I told her, you know, we just got to enjoy life and live every day to the fullest and be thankful. We pray every day and thank God that we have her here and another day to spend with her. Coming up, Jessica will share how after years apart from regular practice, this experience brought her closer to God. It sounds like your aunt becoming such a big help was like, it was just nice to have family around. Mm-hmm. Um, well, her and I became real close. Um, and I've known her for years before that. But um, we became real close um, friends. We talked a lot. And she understood me. She recently lost her son um, and her mother to, to um, dementia. So within a year. Um, so she was going through a lot of personal stuff at the time, too. Um but she was just a very strong, like Christian woman mm-hmm. that um that kind of rubbed off on me. So mm-hmm. I feel like it strengthened my like um, religious views. Yeah. Um, that like when I was younger, my mom passed away, and for a long time I didn't believe. And then after going through everything with her, um, it turned me around 
again um that you know i feel like the only way we really did get through that was by god's love and yeah. guidance and you know that um really got us through it and um she had a dream once that um we were at the hospital and she woke up and we'll never forget this it always makes me cry <laughs> she told me she's mom 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 and i'm waking up i can't see i'm trying to grind my glasses i'm like what's wrong i have to go to the bathroom and she's like i just had a dream i saw jesus and there was angels and gold birds and blah 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 and jesus healed me i'm gonna be fine and all this stuff and i was just like oh my gosh and like she's never once like we never before that really pushed the idea or put implanted that in her head or you know we never had a real strong um like religious background so for her to say that gave me hope and made me like gave me comfort knowing mm -hmm. that okay i felt after that like things are going to be okay mm -hmm. we're going to get through this and after that like we all just felt like okay we're just going to get through this and it's going to be done and we're going to be okay you know yeah. and i think that was like a turning point for us and it was like a little extra strength that i think we needed at times when you know we were getting like sad or like this is just so much right now you know like i can't imagine doing this for a year and then it's like it made everything like fall into place everything just kind of became a routine and flow better and one of the social workers told us um at the beginning she's like if you can find a little joy in every day you're gonna make it you're gonna get through it and it's gonna be okay and i just always remember her saying that and hearing that in my head like okay we gotta find a little happiness in every day so that's what we did like whether it's us being goofy dancing singing something <laughs> silly with her baby brother something yeah. um a funny movie we always tried to make a point to have some kind of little happiness every day when my mom like about to say it i felt like i was about to cry and i was like <laughs> like i know and then i was like mom why are you getting me emotional, <laughs> emotional. Joe's become a very emotional girl, and yeah. I think it's because of me. It rubbed off on her. Mom cries a lot about yeah. stuff, but a lot of happy tears. Mm -hmm. And every three months, the scans and labs, and then it'll be her yearly when she gets to the survivorship program. And it's, um, I don't know, it's a lot of worry. Um, you get that scan anxiety yeah. when those start coming up, yeah. and then you start worrying and thinking about... Um, I have a mosquito bite, so I'm trying to make it. Oh. <laughs> um, so it is a worry, but yeah. as things go on, you become a just a little part of you yeah. becomes less worried. But then, once if there's a pain or something, then you know you worry again. And yeah. she's had other scans where she had little nodules pop up here and there. Mm -hmm. And um, this last time, um, we were really scared because they never moved up scans before so they're like oh there's a little spot here but it's so small it's two millimeters we'll catch it we'll check back in three months well this time it was there's two spots um we're gonna check back in six weeks this time so then for six weeks you're constantly thinking oh my gosh i can't go through this again she can't go through this again she shouldn't have to and you're worried and just like you were thinking the worst and hope praying for the best and, wow. and then finally the day comes and you can't sleep the night before and yeah. then you know you get to the hospital and then you're sitting there waiting for that phone call and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and then it's like it's taking a while this time for that phone call so then you're like oh no why is it taking so long but then as soon as she says oh everything's fine they're gone then it's like that big 
relief. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, okay, we got six more weeks and then we go back for the other set and yeah. we'll see. So it's like a constant up and down, up and down with a worry, you know, and then the weight and yeah. the results. Then we could breathe for a while and it's just, so it's, just it's hard. Like keep going. So it's like stop, go, stop, go mm-hmm. every time. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that, you know, as she gets older, she starts forgetting about, yeah. you know, those little like things and moments and stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean... Me and her dad will never forget, but I'm part of me is happy that she does forget some of it to try to um, carry on and have a normal childhood and yeah. move on from it. And even though it's always going to be there, you know, we just want her to have like the most normal childhood. And one time, as possible. And one time when I wake up in my bed, I saw my hip and I was like, I forgot about this. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes like, she wakes up this? and she's just like, well, what's this? And it's her scar from her port. Yeah. And you know, so, and then she's like, oh yeah, that's right. And then that's where my needle went, so. Before we end, you'll hear a bit of advice from Jessica about what she would say to a newly diagnosed family. It's not easy, so don't don't make plans because your plans aren't gonna be, <laughs> you gotta take everything, like sometimes we just took it like hour by hour because we didn't know how she was gonna feel. So I would just say, yeah, you just gotta take it hour by hour, but don't lose faith and um like the social worker told me find a little joy in every day and that help you get through it but um yeah it's gonna be a long road but um a family friend of ours their son had neuroblastoma when he's little and she told me she's like the doctors told us we are gonna make your son really really sick almost like deadly sick to heal him and have him live so he is going to get really bad and he is going to get really sick but in the end result we're doing this for a good outcome so i guess it would just be like they're gonna get really sick and it's gonna be bad but the end outcome you know you just gotta have faith and think that okay this is temporary yeah you know because that's if if you look at it that way, like, okay, just a couple more months of this and we'll get through it and hopefully everything's going to be fine and have that mindset, then it makes, I think, the journey a little bit easier. Thanks for listening to Josie's Journey. If you have feet or know anyone who does, I'd highly recommend taking a look at Josie's snowman sock. They're made with merino wool and they have those little grippies on the bottom so you don't wipe out, whether you're in the hospital or your home. You can find them on our website at SocksWithStories.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Our goal with the Socks for Stories podcast is to become a resource for families impacted by cancer. So if you have 30 seconds to review us on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us get noticed. Thanks for your support.